You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're going through the fourth chapter of Tanit, of fasting, and we are talking only very incidentally about fasting. We're really talking about special occasions when special things happened. And we've already learned that the people of Israel were split into 24 groups to accompany the sacrifices in Jerusalem. They, these, each group was called a mishmar, kind of a guard. And when the time came for the mishmar to go up to Jerusalem, the Kohanim and the Levim, the priests and the, Levi, and the Levites would go up to Jerusalem. But the Israelites, who didn't need to work in the temple, would stay in their cities. And the Mishnah says, reshit, and they'd read about the story of the creation as if as if to say, you, you know, the, the world was created with by God and now we're carrying out the divine service. It, it's they're just they're just linking up the service in the temple with the original creation of the world. That's how the second Mishnah of the fourth chapter closes. And now in the third Mishnah, the Mishnah will go on to talk about, well, hang on, when they, you know, we say they read about the, the creation, well, what did they read? And the Mishnah begins actually with a paragraph which is present in most printed texts, but it's it's actually not in the Kaufman manuscript. So I've I've put it in, I've put it in square brackets. The Kaufman manuscript follows on very nicely from the story of creation. The, the, remember, the previous Mishnah says they used to read Maseb Reshit. They read the story of the creation. And the Kaufman manuscript goes straight on to say, by Rishon Bereshit. In, on Sunday, they read Bereshit in the beginning. And Yehirakia, that's what happened the next day. Basheni, Yehirakia, and Yikavu Hamaim. On Monday, they read, let there be a firmament and let the waters be gathered together. Those are the next two days and so on. So the Kaufman manuscript goes on very nicely just to describe exactly what they read every day. There's an extra paragraph which is in the printed text, and I thought we should I, at least I, I, I didn't want to cut it out completely because it, it clearly has some kind of if it's it's universally in the printed text. So I didn't want to just skip over it. And it explains that the people of the Mahmud actually fasted. So this is the connection with this is the connection with Ta'anit. The people, the Israelites who are gathering to read the story of the creation, they are also fasting. The men of the Mahmud, that is the Israelites, connected to the Mishmar, the Israelites who are staying behind in their towns, they would fast for four days of the week. Ha, quite, a, I mean, it was, it was a tough life, right? Being in, in the land of Israel in those days. They'd fast for four days. I'm presuming they only fasted during the day. I can't believe they fasted day and night for four days. So four days, from Monday to Thursday. They didn't fast on Friday because of respect for Shabbat. They didn't fast on Sunday. They didn't fast on Sunday, so they shouldn't switch 
from rest and delight to weariness and fasting and then die. If you fast on a Sunday, you might die because you've enjoyed yourself so much on Shabbat. And that sudden change, that sudden switch over, it might kill you. So they only fasted from Monday to Thursday. OK, that's the extra paragraph in the Mishnah, which we don't have in the Kalman manuscript. And then the printed manuscript goes back to join Kaufman. So on Sunday, they read the first two, if you like, the first two days of creation in the beginning and let there be a firmament. On Monday, they read the next two, let there be a firmament and let the waters be gathered together. So in other words, on every day, they read that day's part of creation and they read the next days. So they, they go ahead, if you like, one day. And that means, by the way, they read not quite 10 pasukim, but nearly 10 verses every day. And remember, we learned in the Mishnah of Megillah that you have to read at least, you have to have at least three aliyot, and you have to read at least three verses per aliyot. Obviously, you, one can repeat. So if there aren't the necessary 10 verses, one would just repeat. But you can see that reading two days worth of happenings gives you a little bit more scope to actually carry out your three aliyot and nearly get to your 10 verses. So on, on Monday, they read, let there be a firm and let the waters be gathered together. On Tuesday, on Tuesday, let the waters be gathered together and let there be lights. On Wednesday, let there be lights and let the waters swarm with with, with fish. On Thursday, let the water swarm and let the earth bring forth. Um, this is the let the earth bring forth grass. This is the creation of plants. Um, on Friday, on Friday, they read let the um, let the plants be created. And of course, this goes on to the creation of humans and animals. And then they read, and they read, and then the, the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. So in other words, in six days during this week, they cover the seven days of creation by doing this extra, this extra, by, by doing this little bit of extra reading every day. If there was a long section, I guess this is a section of more than three verses, then two people could read it. For a short section, only one person. In other words, they could. you can call up two people to read one long section. For a short section, you can only, you need to call up someone for a minimum of three verses. So if it's a short section, you can only call up one person. And they do this at Shacharit and Musaf. And then at Mincha time, So at Mincha, they'd read it off by heart. Just like they'd recite the Shema. So you get a sense, actually, as to how people used to operate when they didn't have a lot of printed books. So now anybody can take down a Sidur in, in the synagogue and just look up Shema, but they had to, I think they probably knew Shema off by heart. They'd read it off by heart because they didn't have, manuscripts were expensive. You couldn't have a manuscript just for Shema. And then Erev Shabbat, 
במנחה לא היו נכנסים. On ערב שבת, on Friday, במנחה, עד מנחה, לא היו נכנסים מפני כבוד השבת. On Friday, at מנחה, they didn't assemble at all, actually, because of כבוד השבת, because of respect for the שבת, because everyone is getting ready for שבת at this point. So, we're not going to do the מעמד. We're not going to do the מעמד Friday afternoon. And ערב שבת is not the only day when we don't do the מעמד. כל יום שיש בו הלל, אין בו מעמד שחרית. If there's הלל, so for example, a Hanukkah, there's no מעמד שחרית. קורבן מוסף, that for example would be ראש חודש. אין בו נעילה, there's no מעמד נעילה, and I think the Mishnah implies here, there's, no, there's none even at נעילה, and certainly none at שחרית. If there's a wood offering, there's none at Mincha, at least according to Rabbi Akiva, Divrei Rabbi Akiva. Amar lo Ben Azai, Ben Azai said to him, Ben Azai is often the, um, the kind of the Haruta of Rabbi Akiva. Ben Azai said to him, now, Rabbi Yoshua is the generation before Ben Azai and Rabbi Akiva, or he's half a generation before. So Rabbi Yoshua is the teacher, effectively, of Rabbi Akiva. So Ben Azai points out, Thus did Rabbi Yoshua teach, When there's a Musaf offering, there's not, not a Mincha. When there's a wood offering, not a Neila. In other words, just the opposite way round from the way Rabbi Akiva remembered it. Chazar Rabbi Akiva liot shoneh k'divrei ben Azai. So Rabbi Akiva attracted and he taught like ben Azai. So what are these wood offerings? I mean, you know, it's, and the Mishnah is very interesting here because we're going again, sort of in a chain-like way from topic to topic by loose association. What are these these wood offerings? Well. We need to look them up in Nehemiah. And Ezra goes uh, in, the, in the book of Nehemiah. Ezra goes to Jerusalem. He reads from the Torah in the public square, actually on Rosh Hashanah, on the first day of the seventh month. People are incredibly upset and ashamed when they hear the words of the Torah. Must, this must be the first time that the Torah has been read in Jerusalem for um, well, 50, I mean, the exile was 50 years, right? So Ezra's coming back from Babylon. He's reading the Torah. It's 50 years. People have forgotten Torah. And the people are ashamed and the leaders of the people make a pledge and they make all kinds of pledges. Actually, they, for example, they pledge they're not going to intermarry. Then, uh, I mean, it's a rather gendered verse, actually, that not that they won't intermarry, but they won't give their daughters in marriage to the people of the land or take their daughters for our sons. And then they say, we've cast lots to bring the wood offering to the house of our God, Lahavi, Levate Eloheinu, Levate Avoteinu, Itim Mazumanim, to bring the wood offering to the house of our God by clans annually at set times to provide fuel for the altar. So what are these set times? And by the way, this shows us what a valuable commodity wood was. And in, you know, there are some places like Sweden and Norway and North America in some parts where wood is just so readily available. 
It's sprouting all over the place. Like, why would you need to make arrangements to bring wood? But in the land of Israel, wood is a scarce commodity. It doesn't just sprout. It just doesn't sprout. There aren't that many trees. So we need to make arrangements to provide wood to service the altar. And this, these set times, which are mentioned in the book of Nehemiah, which are agreed to after Ezra reads the Torah in the public square in Jerusalem, these are then outlined. That These are the wood offerings, which the Mishnah is referring to. And the Mishnah is going to specify them. Zmanat se'konim, ve'am. Batisha, the times of the wood of the priests and the people are nine. There are nine times. Bechad ben Isan b'nei Arach ben Yehuda. He's actually mentioned in the book of um, Ezra. He's one of the people that come up from Babel. But on the night, on the first of Nisan, the family of Arach of Yehuda. On the 20th of Tammuz, the family of David of Yehuda. I think he's also mentioned. He's definitely mentioned in Ezra. On the fifth, on the um, fifth of Av, the family of Parosh ben Yehuda. On the seventh, the same month, the family of Yonadav of Rechav. I'm not sure who he is. Ba'asaravo b'nei Sna'ah ben Binyamin. On the 10th of that month, the family of Sna'ah of Binyamin. So you can see we're bringing a lot of wood, by the way, in the month of Av. I guess because the month of Av, the, the summer, we're at the height of summer, basically, and the wood has grown, right? So now, now's the time to collect the wood and bring it in. Um, it keeps going. I mean, we're going to collect a lot of wood in Av. Sarbo on the 15th of Av. Uh, B'nai um, Zatuel ben Yuda, the family of Zatuel of Yuda, Ve'imahem konim ulvim, and with them all the priests and the Levites, Ve'chol Misha to Ashiv to, and everybody who wasn't certain of their tribe. So there's a kind of a general, um, the 15th of Av generally is a sort of a day where we can turn over a new leaf when the boundaries between the tribes are 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 blurred when the tribes intermarried with one another after the civil war about after the civil war with benjamin so you can see why the 15th of av is when everyone who doesn't know what tribe they're in just they just get together and then there are some odd people here uvene gonve eli the pestle stealers the gemara says these are people that used to sneak their first fruits into jerusalem when it was forbidden to bring them by covering them up with them um, uh they sort of they carry them actually in the mortar with the pestle on top and they they pretend that they they were carrying them in order to carry on packing them packing them down b'nai kotzei katziot and the fig packers these are fig pack these were figs which were kind of packed into the tubs so that people would bring their produce to jerusalem on the pretext of, you know, it sort of being an industrial packing operation. And they are mentioned, of course, as people who had the right to bring wood. But Esrimbo B'nai Pachat Moab Ben Yudah, on the 20th of the month, Pachat Moab of Yudah, but Esrimbo Elul now was stretching out, right? B'nai Adin Ben Yudah, the family of Adin of Yudah, Bechad B'tevet, 
Shavuvne Paroshnia on the on the um, first of Tevet, the family of Parosh of Yuda, they come back. They do it a second time. And Be'echad Tevet Lo Hayabo Mahmad Shehayabo Halel Korban Musaf Ve Korban Eitzim, and there was no Mahmad. So now we're going to come back to the Mahmads, right? This Mishnah is sort of circling around the Mahmad. On the first of Tevet, there's no Mahmad. First of Tevet is Hanukkah. So and it's Rosh Chodesh. So there's Musaf for Rosh Chodesh. There's Halel. I guess there's Halel for Rosh Chodesh, but I no, I think Halel for Rosh Chodesh is sort of by custom. I think there's Halel for Hanukkah. I think this is the Halel the Mishnah is probably referring to. So on the first of Tevet, so it's good that we're learning this um this Mishnah now, just a couple of days before the first of Tevet. Bechad Tevet on the first of Tevet, Lohayavu Mahmad, there's no Mahmad, Shehayavu Halel, Korban Musaf, Ve Korban Eitzim. There was Halel, there was Musaf, and there was the wood offering. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.